It's San Diego Design Week, and welcome to this very special podcast, five-part mini-series called Designing the Fan Experience. I am one half of the Zero Chance podcast, Rick Romero. And my name is Jordan Stark of the brand design studio, Product Etc. Joining us will be marketing executives from San Diego's top professional teams, the Padres, Legion, Loyal, Seals, and the Sockers. And if you're listening to this episode, we have four other episodes out there available wherever you can find your favorite podcasts. In this episode, we speak with Ricardo Campos of the San Diego Loyal. Where we discuss how Loyal rolled out a new team and brand only to start their very first season on the onset of a pandemic. And the emphasis art and design plays in helping to bridge contemporary soccer clubs with fans and communities. We are being joined here by Ricardo Campos, the VP of Operations and Game Day Experiences for the San Diego Loyal. Thanks for joining us, Ricardo. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having me. Pleasure to be here. So for those who are outside of San Diego and don't know who the San Diego Loyal are, uh, can you give a little bit, a little bit of feedback about the, uh, the Loyal? Absolutely. So we a we are a uh, professional soccer team based here in San Diego. We play in the United Soccer League Championship. Um, we are currently playing at the University of San Diego. Uh, that's our home stadium. Twenty twenty was our first season. As uh, you know, as tricky as it was, we had our we only had one home match with fans uh, back in on, on March. Well, we had two. We had a preseason game and then had one regular season game. On March seven, um, absolutely. That home obsessed. opener was electric too. Yeah, it, it was awesome. Like there's there's so many factors of how fulfilling that game was, not only for us but I think to a lot of the community as well. Uh, community, I mean, anybody who knows San Diego knows that the, the soccer here is is alive and thriving and and it has been mm-hmm. for a long time. So having that team, having this team start, um, was incredibly exciting. Uh, only to be followed by a, a very tricky few months after that. But, you know, who we are, we are a professional soccer team here in San Diego uh, that is doing their best to represent the community and what what we believe a team should be is always a mirror to what the community really is and what they want to see in a professional sports team. So why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your role with the team? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, I, I am responsible for most uh, operations of the team, operations of the uh, stadium, game day experience, office operations. Um, game day experience, luckily, we're great partners with San Diego, uh, University of San Diego, and they are a huge part of the success that we had on March 7th for anybody who was there. Uh, it it it's a tricky venue. It's very intimate, which is wonderful. It creates a very unique experience and the sound really stays within that bowl. And there's a lot of really special things in there, but it is also tricky from operating it because of the access, because of parking, because of concessions. So there's a lot of like tricky little factors to that venue that took in some preparation. And we felt like we delivered a pretty good product that day. And, and we hope to only improve. We sent out a survey 
uh, after the game, and we got a 4.8 out of 5 on everybody who responded to the survey. So we, we were pretty happy with that, considering that it was our first game. But um, want to make sure that we always follow through after our events to make sure that there's always things we can improve, right? So of course. what do I do? You know, operations, which is everything from um, setting up signage for how do you get there to making sure you're getting food and the timeline of the game and all kinds of random what I yeah. tend to call the boring stuff, but feels very fulfilling when it goes all right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So obviously things have gotten tricky uh, this year. So how has <laughs> understatement, right? <laughs> understatement of the year, right? <laughs> yeah. How has the design of the fan experience need to pivot for, for you guys um, since the pandemic happened? So talk about planning to plan to plan to plan. Right. Like when when this started, we planned to postpone games. Then we plan to postpone games again. Then we plan to maybe we won't have that <laughs> plan for not having a season, then planning for having a season, then planning for a compacted season, then planning for a season without fans. So kind of the game day experience goes completely different. So yeah. it's changed and it's and it's gonna be continued to change, right? Um I think safety is always a very important factor of the experience, right? Because most sports are family oriented and it's important that people feel safe within the venue. It's part of like having a good experience is that you're always safe from driving there, even from when you're doing your transaction online to buy that ticket, right? You want to make sure that mm -hmm. you're not being scammed. Uh, you want to make sure that you're getting a good deal and you're going to get the seat that you want. And then you get to the venue you want to park your car and be safe and walk to or take a tram or whatever you're doing to get. So it's safety is a, is a big factor of all of this. And, and that kind of hygiene or health safety has always been a factor in game day experience. Now it's extrapolated, right? Because oh, yeah. of everything that happened. So um, I think that's the biggest factor that that's changing what we do and how we're thinking about things. So we've had conversation with, the other sports teams in town with the other facilities, right? Uh, the zoo Legoland uh, on how they're doing things and how we can do things. And a lot of it comes down to the basics on just cleaning things thoroughly um, after every use of possible masks, social distancing. And so, and then just creating a timeline of when people arrive within the venues. That's something that Salt Lake did of, you know, if you're in this section, you're going to arrive at this time and you're going to go in here and I think the, ch the most challenging part is not the first game is going to be the fifth game where people get a little comfortable, right? It's like the first right. game, everybody's going to be like a little bit more cautious and be like, Oh, I, I have my timeline to arrive is 12 to 12 Oh five. So I'm going to get there at 12 Oh five by game five. It's like, I've had 12 Oh five beers. And so I'm going to be a little bit more <laughs> right. relaxed and I'm going to get there later. So like it's, <laughs> it's preparing and then preparing for the comfortable customer too, which that's what we want, right? We want people to feel comfortable to come to our venue. So it's hard to answer the question until we really have fans back on, but I think the biggest change is going to be safety, health safety, and making sure people are comfortable within the venue to enjoy their time. Right on. Um, you you talked about you know one to five games, but do you anticipate any long term changes as a result of the pandemic? So, from a marketing standpoint, game day experience, fan engagement and development, do you guys have have you talked about you know how things might unroll in, you know, a year out or longer. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think we have any facts right now to be able to say like how long this is going to last. I think we have to prepare. Uh, and when yeah. I say five games, is is more like it depends on the timeline. If we, you know, starting in March next year and we have fans back on, how long does that last? Um, how long does 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 this pandemic last or do we have vaccine or, or medicine to help manage it or whatever it is, that's going to be a huge factor in what we do. It's funny when, when this all started, I, somebody that's helping us build our offices in mission Valley, uh, is a gentleman who has, and forgive me here, has some, some form of cancer and he has a, a very debilitated uh, immune system. Right. So he has been living what we're considering the pandemic or being very careful for the past five years because wow. he knows he can't get sick. Right. So wow. he, he, when I first talked to him, when this all started, he was like, I've been living like this for years. Like I'm not, um, this is not new to me. The mask is because I never wear a mask before, but like being aware of being close to people, not going to large events and not going to closed spaces, washing my hands, not touching anything. And he's in construction. Like you would think it's, you know, so to your point about long-term, I think we're just going to be as a community as globally, much more aware of our surroundings and what we touch and what we don't touch and how clean we are. And I think this is for the best to be honest, because there's some pretty dirty people out there um, <laughs> like, in a positive way. You yeah. know what I mean? I think this, yeah. this helps us all really understand how much like we share spaces and how like how much cleaner we really should be to to maintain a certain level of and look some people can argue about you know what makes you stronger and all that stuff but like i i like as an operations i like organized and clean and i think they can only help us all if we're a little bit more in that direction so to answer your question i think yeah it's going to help us in the long term and we will be cleaner and probably lean towards not overcrowding spaces as much as we did before. Uh, especially, yeah. I think, for soccer, it's a little bit – it's better because we're an outdoor sport. I think indoor sports are a little bit trickier. And I haven't gone to a club in, like, 15 years. But, like, I can only imagine those environments and what, you know, the recycling of germs that happens in there. Uh, but sure. how those might get affected. Like, I, you know, ventilation systems and – filters and all that stuff might have to be policed in a, in a very different way um, than it is now. Have you guys had to re reevaluate your marketing and digital efforts uh, when kind of developing fans and community given, especially it's your first year? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> we've been put to the test uh, in, in, yeah. in many ways, right there. And in, 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 in very different kind of, there's one, which is it's our first year, right? So people are a little bit more forgiving when you make mistakes. But at the same time, you have to be so sensitive to what's going on in the world too, right? Like uh, thousands of people dying a day and you, know, you, and you might have had a certain very creative campaign happening, but you have to throw all that out the window and kind of redevelop that whole process. And when you talk about developing fans, that's part of it too. One of the things that we talk about as who we are as a club is – we represent this community. So we celebrate everything that exists and that is positive in this community. And so part of that is, you know, by celebrating other things that are happening, people will turn their eyes hopefully to us and seeing that we are celebrating who this community is. And so that it's a way to build that fan engagement in a tough time, right? Because it's, it, 
there unfortunately we haven't had too much to celebrate this year <laughs> yeah uh, for a number of reasons but i think that's that's been a way that we've had to market a little bit different and look at ourselves different and so many things that we had planned that we had to put in the, the back burner and save it for next year uh and there are things that we changed for the positive uh i don't know i mean i think you guys know but our black jersey that we launched was something that we originally were going to launch this year and uh then COVID happened we were like okay we we're not going to launch this we've only wore these shirts one time each let's hold it for next year and have a new jersey next year because we need to let these white and orange jerseys live this year and then next year we'll bring out the black and then one day we got a call from andrew the chairman and said hey look we have an opportunity here we have a black jersey we have a social cause going on that we can really help highlight and make a difference why not change some of the embellishments change the focus of that jersey and come out with it so that's what we did right with the black jersey is now our, our, our blm jersey and it's something mm -hmm. that like proceeds help you know the um african african-american educators of san diego and so there are so many little factors that you can turn a negative into a positive in a situation like this and i think this was one that you know it came directly from 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 ownership and it like it was a little crazy we had to turn it around in like six days but we did it and and it was it was it was great it was highly great fluid result. yes yes <laughs> yeah yes i think uh especially too like um your guys's visuals, like your your videos and your photos and everything, it's kind of given the fans a little bit more of like like we're there, like watching these games in person. Um, and I think that's been huge for you guys, especially in your first year too. So that part of it is a thousand percent credit to Jesse Beltran and Ryan Young on our team who have taken over. The, the social part of it and like honestly just kicked ass with it um amazing stuff that they've done i, I i'm a big fan i like watching their stuff and like i we kind of get to see it live but also get to see it through through what they're doing on social media i like you you hit it right on the spot like with with the pictures with the videos sometimes we have to police it a little bit to make sure that you know we, we follow all the protocols but sometimes mm -hmm. little things slip here and there and we have to be careful with that because we want to be the on the forefront of um setting the right example for people and so making sure that we're set by through those pictures or videos we're setting those examples and so uh, ryan and jesse have absolutely killed it with providing that kind of perspective to fans of what we're doing and what we're living through and the turnaround i mean they put a video out today of their trip yesterday to to wow. um to vegas the game is today. They traveled last night. I'm sure Ryan spent all night working on it. And it's like, it's pretty amazing stuff that they're doing um, on the fly. And literally it's two guys doing it at all. So it's, it's, and you know, we've seen, we've all seen the tweets online of how like social media um, staff is under uh, what's it called? Like under, under, they're not valued, undervalued, right? Because it's like, Hey, we expect you to run. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, blah, 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 blah. And it's one person and it all needs to look amazing. And by the way, you have to do the video, the pictures and the comments and respond. It's crazy. And so they, they've really kicked butt with, with the two guys that are on there and their stuff is just very engaging. Yeah. I'm watching that video right now. It's <laughs> there you go. beautifully shot, beautifully shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so kind of on that, on that kind of similar note, um, you know, 
what role does art and design play in soccer and also, you know, the loyal? Uh, so, you know, like colors, kits, of course, the sights and sounds, fan creativity. How does that, what, what role does that play in the sport? I think it's one of those subtle things that has certainly increased over time, right? Like it's the kind of thing that before we took for granted and what teams look like, but I'm sure 50, a hundred years ago, there was a lot of thought behind the logos that were created. And nowadays I think there's just a lot more to it, right? We spend months creating our crest. And even when we came out, there was a lot of, uh, positive and negative feedback right like with everything with anything that's new people you know judge it because everybody has an opinion and and they're all valid what we did to get to our processes we we did a lot we did a number of listening sessions up south central san diego and really listened to what people valued and so that's why for us it was the loyal is kind of the central part of it because it, it was kind of a way to figure out how to represent san diego in its in its true form and um, that lives on to everything that we do, right? From the game day experience, uh, if you went to the game, it really made you feel like you were at a loyal game. And, and it, hitting back at those colors and really hitting to this original color that we created, that we created, that we are using with the Tory green, what we're calling it the Tory green, but it's a, it's a Pantone of green that's really special and very unique. Um, and so hitting with that, with a little bit of yellow and that combination of blue water, land and sun, which is kind of what we have in San Diego, it's like celebrating the beach, but at the same time, San Diego is not just beach, right? Like it's something that we heard continuously. It's like to a lot of us, the beach is not my life in San Diego, right? There's a lot yeah. of, I live Scripps Ranch. So it's like beach is 20 minutes away, 30 minutes yeah. away. So it's, it's combining San Diego in multiple forms is, is tough. So art and design play such a big part of that. And then in the stuff that these guys are doing in social media with the artwork that comes out with the, you know, and a lot of it didn't end up continuing on, but we had, you know, um, the artwork on buses at around town and some different things that we, we planned on doing, but we just didn't do. So I think it plays an enormous role and you look at teams that are kind of leaders on it. If you look at a lot of stuff that PSG is doing uh, or some different clubs in Europe who are taking a little bit more of that like dynamic edgy with their merchandise, with their designs and going a completely different look. Some people are going to hate it. Some people are going to love it. You look at Arsenal's New Jersey. I'm an Arsenal fan. You hate me Ooh. or love me, but uh, Ooh, I'm man. right. Yeah. yeah I I'll, I'll take I'll I feel, take they feel sorry for you. You're right. talking to two well, Liverpool fans right now. Yeah. Well, well, to be fair, I'm looking forward. And last time we played, we've won. So that's that's all that matters to me, right? Like, I, I don't care what you guys want all the way in the beginning of 2020. Yeah. Or of 2019 actually <laughs> uh so but like you look at the jersey that they did the white jersey with the, like the marble trying to go back marble, to history yeah. but finding right yeah. like some people can call that cheesy but some people can call it like that's throwing back to history so that's a lot of that art the sign that you can use it in the jerseys you can use it in merchandise that's going to come out i recently have taken on merchandise for our club and so we have I don't know when this is going to come out, but next week we're going to have, we're going to take over merchandise and it's going to come in. Um, we're going to have like almost 10 to 15 new items and that's, that's going to be awesome. super exciting. Cool. We've been working on that mm -hmm. stuff. 
and you know, talk about art design plays a huge part of it. And I think sometimes it's, um, again, undervalued because people just think it's about the games and there's so much more around it that's beyond the 90 minutes. I mean, I think everyone, whether they're really keyed into design or art or whatever, they're looking forward to those new jerseys dropping, those new kits. And right. they're, they're probably right. going to have a, an opinion and they might even submit their opinion. Yeah. And they don't even know that they're having a conversation about, you know, right. art and design. Well, it's like, right. it's interesting. Like every single year, Liverpool. So like going back to Jordan and I, Liverpool's jerseys, they'll add like, like just the tiniest change to it every single right. year. It's always like just, it's just a red jersey, but this time right. it has like teal on it. Like, right. <laughs> like right. And there's huge uproar, huge uproar. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but that, and that's it. exactly, it. that's the beauty of it, right? Because you still go and buy it because it's new. It's different. It's like, it's a new jersey and, and yeah. it makes it special. That's for sure. I'm going to throw out like a super weird, like pop culture thing here, but like, it kind of reminds me of like the Simpsons where the uh, Smithers is buying the Malibu Stacy doll because she has like a different hat on and they're like, they're fighting over it and stuff. (laughs) It's always just the smallest little thing, but it kind of always reminds me of that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Um, I got to say though, too, like uh, you guys, when you launched your, release the name and then release the uniforms and everything. There was always like a big like to do about it. And it always got everyone hyped up on like social media. It was, it was mm-hmm. fantastic. You guys did an amazing job with everything. Um, and then it kind of, it's, it's like that first game. Like I said, it was, there was so much buzz around it and it was like electric. And then I just felt for you guys because then all of a sudden it's just like shut down at that point. And you know, it's your first year and you guys are just going, going like this up, up high, up high, and then nothing. And you're shut down for four months. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the good thing about it is there's nobody's fault, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where we just had to deal with it. And it's, 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 there's no sweet way around it. Like it sucked it's like it take, took the sales out from a player's perspective, from a marketing perspective, from, from my selfish perspective, from an operational, like I always and like now we're preparing budgets for 2021. And it's like, okay, you know, what do you want to do different? I'm like, I had one game. I don't know what I want to do different. Like <laughs> I needed a few games to be able to figure out what we want to do different. So it, it took, it took a lot of out of the sales, but the key thing is that we believe in the community. Right. And like, being here and being here in the long term, yes, it's we're looking at it as a positive way. We're gonna have two first home first home games. And the next game we're gonna build it up again the same way and make it even more successful because now there will be a little bit of that like, you know, we sold out. So next game will probably be sold out again. And so now people will be probably buying a little bit earlier, a little bit more concerned that they're gonna miss out on that opportunity. And for anybody that went, they're gonna go, I want to go to that again. So it's just repeating that behavior and making sure like we want the community to tell us like, you know, you're doing this right or you're doing this wrong because we're going to make mistakes. That's going to happen. For sure. And just being aware of that and changing, it's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good business. Yeah. Well, it's if you read, you know, I'm a little bit of a geek on reading about companies that are successful and things like that. And if you don't change, you, you know, you become a dinosaur. And most of those companies, you see very large companies who go bankrupt. Like, how do they do that? Well, they never changed. So, yeah. Yeah. You got to listen to do that too. Um, 
So the uniforms, the pageantry, the, you know, a meticulously planned game day experience with the sights and sounds, how does that relate to a player as opposed to the fans? Like how much, how much does that matter to a player? Like the uniforms and all this work that you guys have been doing for, you know, probably over a couple of years. What, how does that translate to the player and, and how much does it matter? <laughs> I'm not a player. But I can tell you that from their feedback to us, it's it's funny enough, it's very similar to a fan. They arrive at the stadium earlier than a fan, but they get that same vibe, right? And that's why we have to have the stadium ready hours before, but they get that same vibe, and especially playing as much as we love playing at USD. It's not our like continuous home, right? It's not our it's our home venue right now, but it's not our stadium. And so making it feel like they're arriving to their own home game is super important. Uh, that pregame music is key. They're out for warm-up. So what they're listening is the same thing that the fans are listening to. So you have to set both vibes to the same kind of encounter of that beginning of at kickoff. And so it has the same impact as the fans. And it's so important because it kind of sets the tone. And that's part of it too. We had one game. We had some songs that we played that we were like, yeah, that was a bad move. We should probably find something else, right? Like um, if you're in San Diego, like playing POD boom at goal is like makes sense, right? But some people might not like that. So it's it's also so different for different people. And within the players, it's the same thing. There's some guys who love like reggae or Brock or like house. And so that changes a little bit. So we always try to find something that's universal and brings everybody together. Um, yeah. But it absolutely sets the tone. And from a, a how do fans push players? I mean, you see it. I, I don't know the exact stats, but I believe that there was some some stats that showed how during these second part of the season in, in Europe and in the U.S., how playing on neutral made a difference on how there was no home team advantage anymore. Um, wow. And I don't know if you saw that with teams playing in bubble. Be curious to see with basketball right now, right? You always know that environment in basketball where fans are so close will that have an impact in the in the nba bubble maybe it will maybe it won't it certainly yeah. takes it away from a uh, watching it on tv right like you're watching i think it was i think there's a game seven today or there was a game seven yesterday with a, a like a last minute basket going in and it like I, I just watched highlights and it was like that it didn't even feel like it was a last shot because right people are going crazy you know, yeah, yeah. Crazy, right? you didn't see like the beer spilling everywhere and like <laughs> that like yeah. environment that put the players aside it creates such a vibe and and that pushes players and that's that whole process starts when you arrive at the venue so that you're excited for those 90 minutes um sure. which is different yeah. in other sports right i think it's a little bit different in baseball it's a little bit different in uh, football because it's such a build up and down versus soccer, and I think uh, hockey is a little bit more continuous. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, besides the entertainment value in sports, soccer, what right. role and value do you think sport organizations or clubs bring to communities and cities? Uh, to me. And I think to our club, that what what it brings is a sense of pride and a sense of representation and competition that to me is more important than the entertainment almost, right? It's bringing the community together. It's bringing, it's an, it's an opportunity to people of all 
races, languages, financial means to come together and enjoy something in one place that free of judgment in many ways, right? Where we're all just cheering. And unfortunately, sometimes it's a little narrow mind, but we're all just cheering for that 90 minutes. Who can put you know a, goal, a ball inside of a goal yeah. more times than the other team? It's amazing. But, right? it, it, but, it, but it brings us together, right? It makes every people that you've never met before, people that you would never meet, but because of that one representation where representation where you both feel like this team is representing your community in the way that you see it now you make you make you meet that new person and build a bond right there um that's who we want to be obviously entertaining is part of it but but representing the community the right way to us is the most important factor i would say and and people feeling proud of it like that's why we always say you know call us out if we're doing right call us out if we're doing wrong more important to call us off for doing wrong so we can do it right. Ricardo, thank you for joining us uh, on this, this episode of the podcast. Uh, if you want to plug the San Diego loyal uh, social media accounts, uh, go ahead and do that now. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at San Diego loyal. Um, we appreciate, please let us know we're doing right or wrong because uh, that's the only way we build a club that truly represents the community. Awesome. Thank Amen. you. If you like this episode, we had the opportunity to chat with other marketing executives from your favorite San Diego sports teams. And you can find those episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.